Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales at Pudel. And it's episode 172. Ooh. 72. Ooh. Be more excited. <laughs> okay, sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, 172 episodes. Yes. Yes, lovely. How are you, Nick? I'm well. You're well? It's been a mad week. It's been a mad week. It's been a crazy two weeks. It has, yes. Mm. It's been it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Lots going on. <laughs> it is happy times, happy face, <laughs> happy families, happy families. Jolly happy, not jolly. <laughs> but you're well. Yes. Good. Are you? I'm fine, and I will briefly say, uh, at the time of this recording, there was a delay in this episode coming out due to, very sadly, the passing of my wonderful, wonderful cat Django. And if everyone can take a drink. To him, he's worth it. Very briefly, want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who sent messages of support and love. It meant so much to me and Ben to know how many people understood what it's like when you really, really love your pets. So thank you so much to everyone. And there we go. another time we shall talk about that more. Talk I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds like a fun episode to come. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I love talking about grief. <laughs> I'm Irish Catholic. Oh, we could do hours of this. Right, hours that's, that's and a, hours. It's going to be a Sinead solo episode, I feel. <laughs> yeah, basically me, yeah. cigarette, <laughs> thing of whiskey. So, guys, you're I don't know why I'm talking for, like that. You're all in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. How are you, though, Nick? I'm, I'm all right. But you're, you're fine, you're fine. <clears throat> How is Baldur's Gate? Oh, it's very exciting. Yes. It's, it's all, yeah, it's still very exciting. I haven't played it for a few days, actually. No, no, no. Yeah, might need to wrap this up so I can get on with it. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. As, so. as we established on Patreon, has the fact that you can choose your own genitals come up yet in the game? I, I feel it could have done on a couple of occasions. <laughs> you feel it. Uh, but I've, I bypassed those particular conversations. Did you actually? What, really? Yeah. What? So, no, no, that's weird. <laughs> what, in the game, yeah. this is Baldur's Gate 3, isn't it? Yeah. Three. I don't know yeah. what happens in one and two. Jesus. <laughs> so what you actually had scenarios where someone was there, clearly there, going there, to... There were, there were leading conversations being had. To sexy time or to show sexy, me your genitals? To sexy, sexy, sexy. Sexy, sexy computer times. And I thought that's... that's, that's why didn't you go for that? What, why didn't you go I for it? I don't know. I thought, no, it's not a time. We're about to kill some goblins. There's no time for sexy time. <laughs> but surely that's an aphrodisiac. Well, maybe, maybe after killing goblins. <laughs> oh, you're after. The heat <laughs> of the promise of the fight isn't enough for you. No, absolutely. You're all business. No, yeah. Get the killing over and done with. And then sexy times. Then sexy computer times. Yeah. Okay. Well, we look forward to hearing Sorry. about how those went. Yeah, I do feel like in future games you'll be like, well, you're getting a divorce for some reason. <laughs> Wasn't even built into the game of all possibilities, but it's happening. Yeah, it's not going well. Mm. Custody battle was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> of the tiny spider baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, any poisonings this week? No. No? No. No poisonings? No, I think so. No. Still my throat. Yeah. Still my chest. I, I should see a doctor. This has been going Possibly. on for a while. Possibly. <laughs> I'm just like, nah, it's probably basically probably, fine. Probably fine. You can kill it with whiskey. Yeah, I should kill it with whiskey, actually. Um, no, no, there's no poisonings, uh, apart from the humidity. It, it, yes, I am thinking. It's very sweaty. You were dressed for fall, Nick. I'm, I know this is now September. Hurrah, hurrah I'm for fall. I'm wearing what I wear 12 months a year. 
This is true. You don't I wear, really change I wear it the up. Same thing. I do not have a summer and spring and fall outfit. You do. You Occasionally, wear... I might wear a short sleeve shirt. Exactly. You favour a short sleeve black shirt. <laughs> That's what you do. But you are fully dressed for lumberjack season. I'm fully dressed. Yes, I am fully dressed. <laughs> unsurprisingly. No, for the season, not the. I mean, I'm, no, let's not go down that route. You know, you can just wear a T-shirt if you want to. You don't have to wear a full shirt over the top of it. I'm quite happy as I am, thank you. All right, you do you. Exactly. Okay. You do you with your baggy pants. I'm not wearing them now. <sighs> right, this is for Patreon. I bought some swimming shorts. Yes. Because I'm going on holiday. Should I bought big vagina pants. Oh, because... <laughs> I know. I knew I shouldn't have told you this. Should have done no. that. I tried them on. I, they're fine everywhere, apart from around the vagina, apparently, where it's just very much very baggy, yet points to the area a lot. <laughs> so they're being sent back. Mm. Not the look I was going Wise, for. I feel. Yes, indeed. Well, speaking of uh, what you do with your day based on your genitals <laughs> and uh, humidity, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where to go with that one, but okay. So yes, thank you very much. A lot of darling people out there. To Alana. To Darnell Cullen and their beautiful daughter as well. Darnell, Lydia and your daughter. To Shannon. To Tiffany Burgess. The Belladonna Badass. Nice. Like oh, it. nice. To Erica Platt. And to Mo Keller. Thank you, darlings. Thank you, delicious, lovely Patreon subscribers. We had a lot of fun on Patreon because we talked about the Tottenham outrage. Oh, we did. Yes, which was had had moments of tragedy, but was <laughs> mental as also well. Moments of hilarity as well. That was a crazy one with lots of policemen running around and people shooting each other and people trying to jump on trams and commandeer them awesome and love. throwing potatoes. Who doesn't enjoy that? I'd love it when a potato thrown at me. <laughs> That's because you're Irish. <laughs> it's both an insult and a, and a gift. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. Well, actually, yeah, we like these. <laughs> There's no meal that can't be improved by potatoes. <laughs> Service update for everyone. So this episode is preceding a short break that we're due to have, mainly because I'm on holiday and Nick's having a lie down. In the break, we're going to be releasing one of our much requested Patreon episodes, which we think you'll enjoy. And also over on Patreon, we have a story from the delicious Tim cloak always very popular we're also doing a q and a episode for our patreon subscribers people can send us any questions they'd like us to answer whether it's about the show about ourselves or just dilemmas yep. they'd like us to tackle uh, we're good at tackling all manner of dilemmas oh yes um, all weird sort of scenarios wow. we, we would we would happily welcome those <laughs> it's been a while since we did a q and a yes. there have been lots of new patrons out there absolutely um, so yes ask ask away yeah always very good fun but yes we will be back with the main format of the episodes in two weeks time but there will be content released in the interim well nick are you ready hmm, probably the drink coke doesn't talk about boys probably no, we drink poison and talk about coffee. Okay. Let's do that. Let's go with the first one, yeah, shall we? Works. That was really annoying. <laughs> oh, I can keep it up. I wouldn't. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> hell. <what? laughs> that sounded slightly more threatening than yeah, I intended it to. Um. What did you think was going to happen with that? What did you think was the outcome from you going, I wouldn't? I wouldn't. <laughs> so can I ask what you thought you were going to do with... I'm, I, 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 in my head, I thought, because like, there's going to be a mad exodus of listeners. Because it's really annoying. <laughs> I took it as you were going to yeah, kill me. Yeah, exactly. Then I, then I thought, oh no, that sounds a lot more threatening. <laughs> and I think all the listeners were with me, except one who was like, yes, I'll walk out. Exactly. I don't want to hear that nonsense again. I'm off. <laughs> hey, you know what? Waffle, 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 waffle. waffle. Delivered by fools. <laughs> That's what people are here for. But we should go with the first one. Yeah, whatever it was, I've lost track. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is Nick's story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so his pick. And the secret ingredient is... Is blackberries. Blackberries. Which is crazy because why have we not had blackberries? I know, I was quite quite surprised. Didn't have to check the list twice. To make sure. Much like Santa. Much like Santa. (laughs) Just to make sure. But no, we have not had blackberries before. No. What other manner of berry? But then we have famously had a cocktail that involved blackberries. Got a few that involved blackberries. Involved blackberries. And it was around the same time of year. And we went to foraging. We did. We did. This time you just sent me out. I did. I said, go and find a hedge. 
<laughs> and you knew I would. You would, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm out the door with a bag and a big Tupperware box <laughs> foraging away. And I delivered. That I have some did. fresh blackberries nice. for you. Don't know if they're actually figure in this cocktail. but No, uh, no. no, they're just things to throw at you. Oh, oh good. Oh, nice. This yeah. is, uh, the week's not been hard enough, Nick, but lovely. Some <laughs> light entertainment for me. Marvellous. Okay, with blackberries as the ingredient, hopefully mm. not the inspiration, what have you come up with? Well, we are having... <laughs> and for some reason, the name of this cocktail actually makes me irrationally mad. <laughs> okay. Um, we're having an especial day. A special day? A special day. A special day. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And it annoys me. Ooh. I hate that... Mm. Especially, it, especially is a is a English word. Is it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's a, it's a legitimate word. Um, how? Why? And why? And how? I just find it infuriating. What is it? What's different between that and special? Not not a great deal. It is e yeah. special. E special. It's, it's especially special. Online special. <laughs> no, I'm quite, quite the one <laughs> By email special. Um, but yeah, it is, it is it is a legitimate word for yeah extra special. Goodness me, I had no idea yeah, that was a legitimate word, it, and it, I hate it. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It, Unnecessary rage is directed at this name. <laughs> but, but so much so that I very nearly didn't do the cocktail because I thought, I'd just go, <laughs> because this is annoying. What would you call it? I just call it a special day. A special day. Special day. Why? Well, especially. Especially. That's just sounding twatty. Es- well, either an especially lovely day. Yeah. Or a special day. Yeah. That's just sort of halfway to through. Yeah. Two yeah. sentences, and then someone got bored. It's just annoying. But that's what, that's what it is. Lovely. Okay, well, we, we're not sure how to feel about the name, but, you know, we high hopes for the drink. Mm. Let's get drunk. I think it is high time for us to slip into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm, so we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick. Yes. And it's special it's day. A special day. It's a special. And it looks very pretty. Yeah. Yes. It looks blackberry. Blackberryish. Blackberryish, as it should. If it didn't look type. this color, I would be worried. <laughs> yes, but it looks like a blackberry color. Nice. Mm. And you put it in a nice martini glass. I know. I saw those in the cupboard. I thought, why not? Let's put it in one <laughs> Okay. You had no plan otherwise. Yeah, well, I was going to go in my traditional Nick and Nora, but I thought, Ooh. oh, I saw some yeah, martini glass in the cupboard. Very nice. Why okay. not? Let's mix it up a bit. Mix it I haven't up. Used one it's for a while. lovely. You are still being pestered for glassware videos. Okay. By people. And want to see your glassware oh, in the new flat. I have seen. What have you seen? Oh, if you look on Differs, they've Before just Before we dive in. They've just partnered with a new glassware supplier. I think they're Dutch. And oh, <laughs> oh that good. Some exciting glasses there. Like how exciting. Like really smart. Like really pretty. Really, really, really nice. Oh god. It's like art. With most of us, <laughs> we'll look at it and go, they just look like glasses. But Nick and the aficionados will be like, oh my God, those are so, are. I'll so I'll show peak. you later because they're like, oh. Oh, oh, there's no words. Some there's... Of them are... Some of them. Can you summon up a word? No, a noise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to my yeah, shitty anyway. glasses. <laughs> well, right now we have a very full, delicious glass mm. of purpley goodness. Purpley goodness. Purpley goodness. So, smells good. Smells, smells sweet. That's cool. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think we should dive in. Mm. Lovely. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. Let's go. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm not expecting that. Mm. Oh, oh, core memory. Oh, God. No, this tastes like sweets I used to have in uh. France <laughs> in the 90s, but like, like Blackberry or kind of... <laughs> sort of synthetic kind of <laughs> it's not too sweet but it's got a really powerful fruit flavor mm. I, i'm sorry I, this sounds really weird to anyone who doesn't know what i'm talking about which is everyone but that blackberry flavor is really reminiscent from from all of france i don't know why <laughs> i don't know any other way to explain it it's like these sweets we used to get but they're not overly sweet and sugary wow okay well, there we go oh it's oh it's so <laughs> bringing so back familiar. scary memories <laughs> i don't know if it's a good drink i'm just overwhelmed by that so really nice fruity flavor it does fade away to nothing i'm gonna yeah, say that but then you it's have not zip. but then you haven't well then you have more it's not like spirit forward no 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 is what no, I'm saying. No, mm, but yeah. fruity and interesting yeah and oh yeah i'm intrigued i think it's perfectly delightful perfectly perfectly pleasant i will it's really a lot of flavor at the beginning a lot of perfume mm. Gentle sweetness from the fresh blackberries, I bloody well hope. But no, it, no, it, no, does it does taste strong. I can taste the alcohol. Yeah, there's definitely booze in that. What else is in this? I don't know. 
So blackberries. Give me a guess. Yeah, so those are some blackberries. I'm going to hazard a guess because I know we had it before. Have you used the blackberry liqueur? There it is. Creme, creme de mire. Creme de mire. Yeah, creme de mire. yeah there is both squished blackberries and blackberry mm. liqueur. That's the main thing I'm getting. Yeah, Other booze? Red vermouth? There is some red vermouth. Only because mm. you asked me if like... <laughs> oh, so, no, so you could have impressed me massively there. I, I was about to, but then you went, ooh, and then I'd already started talking. And I was like, oh, shit, he's forgotten that I know that. Yeah, I would have got, oh, nicely done. I totally guessed that with my palate. Everything yeah. else, not sure. Is there anything else in it? There is th- three other things. Three? I, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's not gin because I don't have any. Is is there bourbon? It's some it? rum. Oh, is there rum? It's a white rum. White rum. Okay, is that makes sense. the base spirit. Oh, white rum. Like it. And there's a bit of pineapple. A bit of pineapple. Ooh, the pineapple always foxes us. Yeah. We never can tell. Pineapple rum. But yeah, because that, that works. Uh, yeah. Chuck a couple of blackberries in there. <gasps> yeah. Deliciousness. Yeah, absolutely. And then some pastries, some bitters. Ooh, pastries, yeah, bitters. Some, some Creole bitters. Wow. In there at the end as well. Ooh. But yeah, I think it makes a perfectly delightful drink. It does. And I took too many sips. To start with, because I was so blown away by that flavour, <laughs> and now I'm tasting all the alcohol. Oh, there we like, go. <laughs> that so may may there. have been an error because there's rum and creme yeah. de mure <laughs> and red vermouth in there, and mm. it's I'm happy. Good. I don't think it would be for everyone, to be honest. If you don't like blackberries, don't drink it. Then what are blackberries really? Is a flavour? Well, I'll go, I'll go with that. That. <laughs> black blackberry. I mean, I didn't want that to sound like too much of a philosophical question. Oh, that was quite question. a philosophical question. But really, what is? Well, what is a blackberry? A blackberry. <laughs> I don't want to go down this route let's, anymore. Let's really not. <laughs> I think we should stop very quickly. It's perfectly pleasant. It's not blow your socks off, but I will more than happily sit here and drink it. Quick question yeah. before we crack on with Storyville. So, blackberries in season right now in yes. England and Europe. This is the time. Can you make your own blackberry liqueur rather than buy the creme de mure? Making a blackberry liqueur will be slightly more di- quite difficult at home, I would imagine, because it isn't it is an alcoholic. It is a spirit. So you can make a blackberry gin. Like yeah. you would like a slow gin, just like infusing a load yeah. of blackberries. Which, but that would take weeks. But that, that, that absolutely, that would take months and mm. months and months to do. No, not months and months and months. Um, a few weeks. So, so you could probably make a. You could make it with the uh, vodka. Yeah, but I don't think you're. It's still going to be a flavor, a flavored vodka, rather than a just something from that fermented. A, yeah. So yeah, I'm say probably, probably not. Because I think you're going to need a still and all that sort of stuff to. <laughs> Any of our um, listeners who have a still, then bring raise it on. your Absolutely. hand. Absolutely, yeah, then crack on. But um, no. Probably not. So it is, you need to get the creme yeah. de mure. If you're a Blackberry fan, Blackberry it's well fan. worth it because yeah. it's, um, it's quite lovely. It's not crazy, crazy expensive. And you can I have think... it with champagne or oh, absolutely. wine. Oh, yeah. absolutely. With a drop of gin or something like that. Make Ooh, a lovely gin yeah. tonic and put some of that in there. Yeah, with some sparkly wine. Delicious. <sighs> so there are plenty of uses for it. And so yeah. I think a bottle of like a seventy centiliter bottle costs about fifteen pounds. Oh, that's a right, um, isn't it? So it is not. It's not crazy. It's not expensive stuff. If you want to add um, to your seasonal flavors, it will last a long time because you yeah. don't use it. In everything. It's like I buy the violet. Yes. There's, there's one drink I use that has violet liqueur mm. in it. So you spend 15, 20 quid in a bottle, but it will last you two years. Unless you're like me and you use your shambor or the, the creme de mure whenever you have some fizz and you go, I'm going to put this in here for all my friends. Oh my God, it's good. But also a good time of year to make your blackberry gin or blackberry wine if you want to. If you want to self-infuse, just do that. Absolutely. Self-infuse sounds like a weird way It really way does self, self-infuse. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, going to infuse uh, this in me. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to go have a gin bath or something. <laughs> Just with a ladle. <laughs> Invite your friends round. Yeah. Hand out That's... the cups. You're in there. I chose my own genitals. Don't you worry. <laughs> you chose your own as opposed to someone else's. <laughs> Baldur's Gate. <laughs> have you got blackberries? Have you got some other berries? Yeah, it's getting weird again. <laughs> I think the blackberries work for the giggles. Great. Well, I'm but, happy. Okay, good. <laughs> with with the what was that? What was that? With the a special day. Special day. Would you hate? <laughs> Firmly in hand, mm. picking fruit as we go. Is it time for a story, Nick? I think it probably is. I think we should have a story. Hurrah! Hooray! So this week's story is set in the little quaint little Suffolk village of Cratfield. Okay. <laughs> familiar with Cratfield? No. No, not many people are. Of course are. I'm not. Um, <laughs> so it is a tiny wee place. It's uh, this big. It's this big. Um, and the population today, 
as opposed to the population in the end of the 18th century where our story is set hasn't really changed much oh really 200 people also it's so very very small little place that has not changed in many hundreds of years so there are actually very few sources for this case so i have to have a big thank you to a pretty much a single book which is murder and crime in suffolk by (laughs) sheila hardy the whole thing comes from there. Well done, Sheila. <laughs> so well, well done, done Sheila. <laughs> Thank you very much. You and your excellent Suffolk Murdery book. Buy her book. So, it is the evening of the 16th of October, 1793. <sighs> and Thomas Carter and his daughter Elizabeth are walking home after shutting up the small little village shop that they run. They get home around 6pm and settle in for the evening. Uh, now, there is no mention of Mrs. Carter in this story, so presumably she has predeceased. Um, <laughs> she's, already, she's already out of the picture by this point. Just say she died, Nick. <laughs> predeceased. Pre-de- what's wrong with that? Just she died. I she's chose a different word. Pre- predeceased. Yes. You would have yelled at me if I'd said that. Probably. <laughs> so I, failed, I failed to see your point. <laughs> Can someone bleed to death in this and can you say exsanguinated? I shall. I shall. And someone jumps out the window and they are defenestrated. <laughs> I love this already. Yeah, absolutely. I actually went through. This is the story according to my thesaurus. <laughs> thesaurus. Fuck off. <laughs> right, so she's dead, all right? Mrs. Carter's dead. She's fucking kicked the bucket. She's fucking dead, all right? Don't know why, don't know when, but she's fucking dead. And she's left Thomas and her daughter... Bereft. Bereft, heartbroken, <laughs> anguished, bewidowed. <laughs> especially bewidowed. Especially so. bewidowed. What an especial day. I fear this is not the point of the story. No, it really wasn't. You've made it the point of the story. <laughs> Did she come back to haunt everyone? No, let's just carry on. So, later on that evening... Presumably the Carters, they've gone to bed, they've shut up the house, they've gone to bed. Later on that evening, Sarah Dunnett, she's a neighbour and she decides to pay a visit to the Carters. Mm-hmm. She is worried that her clock has stopped working, or is running very slow. So she's got a clock at home, and says, ah, that's not the time, that can't be the time, says Sarah. So she's going to go and check. She's going to go to her neighbours. Oh, because it's 1793. She, she can't, yeah, she can't like, phone the speaking clock or look at her mobile <laughs> and go, oh, that's the time. <laughs> Wait for the town crier yeah. to come by who would tell you the time. Nah, that clock's wrong. That's so wrong. she's she's going to take the trip to her neighbours to set her clock. So <laughs> Please let her clock have just been a picture of a clock <laughs> that she's been using for years. <laughs> but it's right twice. I'm sure it is. <laughs> so it is, it is a bright moonlit night. At about 8 o'clock when she heads out of the house. As she walks down the lane, she notices that the the lights are entirely out in the, the Carter's house. The windows are all shuttered and everything seems quiet. So she assumes okay, they've had an early night. It's been a mad day in the shop and they've got an early start. They've gone to bed early. So she turns around. I'll try again in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'll come back with my clock. There. How's she going to know when it's the morning? <laughs> no more blackberries for you. <laughs> She's going to go, I'm pretty sure it's eight o'clock. It's two in the afternoon. <laughs> but it's bright sunlight. The cockerel's going, no, the clock says it's midnight. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. She turns up that she's just got a cockerel under her arm. Going, this clock is wrong. It's very loud. A bit later that same evening, now around nine o'clock, um, John Harmon and his wife are returning home um, from a day out in Norwich. Ooh, lovely, They've had a lovely. lovely day out. They're returning home on their cart and they cross uh, Chevenal Green, which is near to the road where the Carters live. And as they pass through Chevenal Green, they hear what they think is a woman's scream. Ooh. They hear a scream. John remarks this to his wife. That he's, he's sure he's sure it's a, it's a female scream. Miss Harmon replies that no, it's, it's going to be some domestic thing. It's going to be some domestic incident. Jesus. The least we have to do for it, the better. Forget about it drive on let's just get home Ooh. we don't want anything to do with that off they go however as they continue their drive down the track john is convinced that he sees a man running down the lane by the carter's house just hiding in the shadows along the hedge the next morning neighbor sarah she gets right i'm gonna sort this clock out once <laughs> and for all so she's up quite early she's eager to visit the carters before they go and open the village shop. She knows they have an early start. So mm. right, I'm going to get up and go out early. She walks down the lane past the blackberry bushes that uh, enclose the Carter's garden. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. So some nice little blackberry bushes there. Brambles. <laughs> a garden shit. <laughs> I'm sure the inside is lovely, and they have a glut of blackberries. No, and they make lovely jam to sell in the shop. Okay, you, you painted a beautiful it's picture a beautiful, there. <laughs> beautiful picture. Okay. As she's walking close to the close to the house, but she also notices some torn fabric that has been caught up in the brambles oh. on the bush. She goes into the garden to try and just get this litter that she thinks is just yeah, just rubbish. And then she sees a small bare arm sticking <gasps> out from under the blackberry bush. Oh, oh, oh. Getting oh. closer and closer to investigate, Sarah finds Elizabeth, the daughter's dead body. Oh, poor thing. Beneath the blackberry bush. Her head has been caved in with something massive and heavy. And there is very little left of her skull. Oh, good lord. Sarah is screaming. Quite, <laughs> quite a lot, as one, one would. And this attracts the attention of John Wright, who's another villager. He is on his way to work. Mm. He hears Sarah's commotion, and he goes to investigate, finds a poor young Elizabeth like that, and Sarah and John enter the Carter's house mm. to try and find out what's happened to Thomas. And they find him sitting in his armchair. Back of his skull smashed oh. in. Oh, good lord! It's not not a pretty sight no, in she, the Carter's house. She never asked for the time again. I Probably fear. not. No, absolutely. Every hour is midnight. <laughs> Every hour is black. It's all black. <laughs> Jesus. That afternoon, the coroner holds the inquest. Sarah Dunnett, John Harmon, John Wright, they all report what they had seen the evening before. And several other witnesses come forward saying that we've, we saw a stranger lurking in the village. We mm. saw this unknown chap who was just there throughout mm. the day. But he didn't talk to anyone. He didn't go to the pub. He didn't go to the shop. He was just there and now he's now he's gone well it would be quite weird to see someone just lurking around yeah, the absolutely. street absolutely and, and someone who's not there on business he's not there on trading anything or going well, just to the no blacksmith. one knows no one knows why he's there a guy in the street is yeah. like we don't know him and why is why he here? are you here absolutely yeah. so together these witnesses build up a picture of this man now he's wearing a light colored long overcoat He's got a black or a dark waistcoat and breeches on. His hair is brown and plaited and tied up with a with a black ribbon. And he's topped with a large round flat hat. It's quite an image, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that normal? Well, I think, yeah, the, the, the long plaited hair and thing. Would be, yeah, the yeah. late 1700s. Yeah. So, yeah. Indeed. But so. the big round flat Big hat. round Brown flippy hat. It seems like a like a sun hat he was wearing. Or, <laughs> it's or got a, a big bonnet. sunflower on the top. <laughs> it's actually a sombrero. He's <laughs> other another witness who is at the inquest swears that he has seen a person answering this description, running very very fast in the road leading from the Carter's house at around nine thirty ten o'clock the previous Ooh. evening. So I think, all right, this is our man, yeah. whoever this mystery chap is. At the end of the day, the inquest records that Thomas and Elizabeth Carter had been murdered by personal persons unknown. The inquest is adjourned until Monday the 11th of November, so a couple of weeks later, in hope that new information will be found by then. There's going to be an investigation, they're Fair going to enough. find new information, yeah. a plea is put out for witnesses, anyone who's seen anything, please go and they need to go and see the village constable, they need to go and see mm. a church warden, anyone in authority. We need to try and identify who this murderer is nothing there is really? nothing the local press don't even bother to report on the inquest when it comes back that's even really? if it actually happened we don't actually know if the inquest got a journal like, probably yeah, actually was was resumed again there are no press recordings or anything about it so with, know, potentially yeah. with a, well we've got no new evidence we've got absolutely nothing new a murder <laughs> happened someone was there yeah. and we've no means of catching them we have so, no idea who uh, it is well good luck so yeah exactly so so i mean understand the locals are not at all happy about this they're absolutely horrified about what has happened to one of their own two of their own mm. this this family who life and soul of the village why has something so monstrous happened in their little corner of the world mm. there appears to be no obvious motive for this really vicious attack there's nothing in the house has been disturbed there's no evidence of, of robbery or anything like that mm. there is no sexual component to to any of it so it just seems like a entirely blitz frenzy but very very targeted attack for no reason 
a couple of people come under suspicion. Oh, we haven't seen you around, but before, <laughs> but then it's like, no, I live I, over there. Uh, <laughs> I live over there. I, I live over there. there. Like, oh shit, we live weren't over looking there over there with twelve people, and they all saw me at home. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very small house. Yeah. So eventually, the case becomes buried under new, more pressing cases. Life carries on, mm. and the murders get forgotten about. It's just sort of really. Yeah. He just pass into memory. I mean, what? what, what and that is the end of our story. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, it, it, but you've just said it's a very small village, mm. town, village, area. Small bit. Oh, people are talking about it. Absolutely. People are talking about it. People are talking about this, it. This would be the biggest thing that's happened. Absolutely. And then it's yeah. like, no, we don't know. Yeah. Well, the yeah, because the, the, the authorities come from the the big the big city, the big smoke, um, the big smoke and things. So yeah, they're the sizes. Yeah, they've got nothing. They've I suppose got they get there new. and go, oh, okay, well, this is no, screwed. So, yeah, it may well yeah. be the the talk of the village for for months and months and months and months and months. But mm. as far as the authorities are concerned, there is no new evidence. There is nothing to go on. We have no idea who these people are. We've got shitloads of other stuff that we can investigate, and we do know what's going on. We have people we've got to mm. chase down. So it gets. Yeah, gets forgotten about. Gets, gets left. Gets to the bottom of the pile. That is until the summer of 1801. Okay. So we're about seven, eight years later. Eight years eight later. Eight years later. Mm. Now, and a chap named John Head finds himself in Norwich Jail, sharing a cell with another guy called John Saunders. Now, Saunders is awaiting execution for the theft of two cows. Bastard. Vicious, vicious, vicious crime. Mm. Stealing two cows is going to be executed. Stealing two cows, that's difficult. <laughs> it's Think about the logistics. Going, here, cow. Cows don't come respond when you call them. But, like, yeah, you have to, like, quietly go down the street pulling two cows. They what? moo, and they're huge. They do it at night, but cows moo all the time. Yeah. So, no, oh, there's a cow mooing, someone else be seeing it. Yeah, but also yeah, down like the street as well. Alarm. People will walk back and there's a, there's a fucking cow moving on the street. But people move their cows around all the time. All the time. Not cows go well. from place to place and field to field and off, off yeah, to slaughter, off to market and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh. You keep an eye on them. I think it's weird. <laughs> okay. Cows are big. You go steal a cow and you report back. <laughs> right. From this we've established the cows are big. <laughs> John Head and John Saunders, they're sharing this cell. Mm. The two become friendly. And John Saunders reveals to his cellmate that in the past, he had been a suspect in the Carter's murder. Ooh, he had been a okay. suspect. So how this comes about in conversation, what are you in here for, mate? Stealing cows. But once I was accused of murder. Um, maybe trying to impress each other. Maybe yeah. so, maybe so. But it comes out in this conversation that he was once a suspect in these murders. I mean, he adamantly denied then and now that he mm. had anything to do with the deaths. But he said he did know who was responsible. He knew who the culprit was. Gosh. Now, why he hadn't revealed this at the time, who knows. But seemingly with his impending execution, he wants to get this off his chest. He has to tell someone. He has to unburden this knowledge to mm. someone else before he meets his maker. Mm-hmm. So Saunders tells John Head everything he knows, how the murders have been committed, who was responsible, the lot. Wow. Not long after Saunders' sentence is carried out, and John Head is left wondering what to do with this new information that his cellmate has given him. How convenient. John asks the governor of the jail, he needs to speak to a magistrate. He's got mm-hmm. vital information to, to impart. Right. Now, presumably, he wants to negotiate a reduced sentence. We don't know what he's in for. Obviously, it's not a capital offence, so he's he's in for. He's going to get out no, at some point. Yeah. But so he wants to yeah, negotiate, reduce sentence, better conditions, whatever it is. Okay. He's got this vital information. He's got the identity of a murderer. So, Magistrate Archdeacon Aldenshaw. Aldenshaw. Oh, Archdeacon. oh, that's a very good magistrate's name. Archdeacon Aldenshaw. He comes to the jail with a constable to take John's statement. Mm-hmm. John reveals everything that he has learned. The murderer's name it's Edmund Thrower. Thrower? He, Edmund Thrower. This is the chap who has killed the Carters. He also gives great detail about how the crimes were committed, the methods that were used. Mm. To prove that this is just... Not, I'm not just picking a name out of the, the hat. I actually have knowledge of, of the crime as well. The magistrate takes the statement and does fuck all. What? He goes, oh, that's nice. Uh, but Nothing. Nothing. Now, whether he doesn't believe this story, whether he thinks it's complete nonsense, or if he just doesn't care, 
We don't know, but nothing was actioned upon. Well, I suppose your instinct is to go, oh, this is someone trying to negotiate his way out of it, yeah. making up bollocks. Ma- making up nonsense making to get a nonsense, reduced like, sentence, like, whatever no, it is. No, that's just rubbish. It's all bollocks. So nothing happens with this Ooh, revealed information okay. at all. Yeah. But, but apparently the information had sort of wormed its way into his into his skull. But it lays dormant for another stretch of years. December 1811. Jesus. We are now 18 years after mm-hmm. the murders. Magistrate Oldenshaw is in London. London He's having town. a drink with an attorney friend of his, a Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox, Mr. Fox the attorney. Of course attorney. it is. All, why are all <laughs> lawyers and attorneys called Fox or Wolf or Laurie? He was not so successful as, as Fox and Wolf. But, you know. So they are, they're, they're discussing the, the latest terrible incidents in, in the papers. Um, the Ratcliffe Highway murders. Yay! So take a listen to episode 57. Yeah. To hear all about the Bradcliffe Highway murders, but very, they are very good story. Uh, this time they are all over the papers. This, they mm. are, this cutting edge stuff then. But something of these latest murders, of the Ratcliffe Highway murders, jogs Oldenshaw's memory. Well, yeah, because that was a brutal attack. Absolutely, it was a brutal, vicious attack. Um, unsolved. Unsolved. There were naked people running down the street. There were. <laughs> so, connected with the crime, <laughs> not just crime. generally. So he goes, oh, it, it reminds me. It reminds me of uh. um, these this Carter shenanigans nearly 20 years ago. Uh, and he tells this to his friend, Mr. Fox, that these latest goings on bear this resemblance to the hmm. murders in Cratfield. He also mentions that his visit to John Head, the Norwich Jail, and how he had accused the man by the name of Edmund Thrower. So it's still all in there somewhere, and he's he's, yeah. te- he's telling his mate. Now, Mr. Fox, he seizes on this name, Edmund Thrower, how very odd. It's a strange coincidence, but he has an inheritance for a woman by the name of Thrower. What? But he, he can't give it to her because they can't find her husband. And what? they need his permission. Apparently, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to impart this inheritance, but yeah, this this Mister Thrower has vanished. We can't find him. What? And it's just like a strange coincidence of names. Um, what? How is that? How has that come up? That he's talking to him, and that just by coincidence, just by entire coincidence. Oh, I've got an inheritance from a Missus Thrower. Jesus! And we can't find her husband. Where How? can we find her husband? What's going on there? So this this chat between. Mr. Fox and the magistrate hmm. seems to have rekindled Oldenshaw's sort of interest in the case. Yeah. These sort of weird coincidences. And it could, it probably was an entirely different thrower that they were looking for. Maybe. I can't imagine it's, they're the only people called thrower in the, in the country. Yes, probably not. So yeah. it's probably completely different, but it has, it sparked something in him. Yes. But I need now to, I'll look into now this. Now I'll look into this. Rather than at the time. 20 years later, I shall pay now attention. Now not, not a lot to do. <laughs> this seems like a nice project. Really, a man died. Yeah. So on his return to Norfolk, he issues orders for Edmund Thrower to be tracked down. And quite swiftly, he is found, and he's working as a blacksmith in the village of Carbrook. Blacksmith. Now, Thrower is arrested and brought before the magistrates. This is at the beginning of January in 1812. Mm. Now, Thrower had had some run-ins with the law before, but he swears his innocence. He never had anything to do with the Carter's murder. wasn't me. It was all John Head. What? He was the man who did it. John Head? John Head. Oh my God, okay. Yeah, the chap who in the Norwich jail yeah. presumably got this information from John Saunders, he says. <laughs> so he got it from John Saunders and then he implicated someone else? Yeah. Oh, that is... But oh. apparently John Head didn't get anything from John Saunders. No, he was just was trying him. to... Oh, it was him. <laughs> oh, it he, was was him making, or... he, was, he was spinning a yarn. He was spinning a that's yarn. That's how he knew so much. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So, Whoever's lying there, brilliant. So, Mr. Brilliant. Head, you're a clever little smart man there. Yeah, you are. Yeah, absolutely. Because John Saunders can't say, I didn't say any of that because he's been executed. So, Thrower says, no, it was all him. Mm. It was all John Head. He is the culprit, but he was aided by another criminal, a chap known as Gypsy William. Okay. <laughs> right Twas twas his name Yes Twas his name These two are also arrested The three of them Right So we've got John Head Edmund Thrower And Gypsy William They are all accused Of the murders Of Elizabeth and Thomas Carter 19 years earlier da, da, da. The trio Had all been in trouble With the law before mm. 
their lives were constantly in and out of prison. John Head had actually been transported for a period of about three years oh, and okay. had, had, had returned. So real serious criminals mm. they were. He, John had also realised that until now, yes, he had done small things, nothing to earn a death sentence. Yeah. However, being accused of murder, <laughs> that's going to get you to the gallows. Yeah. That's going to get you to the gallows. And I do. he does not want that, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Shocking, So yeah. to, to save his own skin, he decides to turn King's evidence against his former friend, Edmund. <gasps> should we have a break? Oh, I think we should have a drink. <laughs> have a drink. I think we should also have a drink because the birds and the foxes outside my house right now started screaming during that that's story. That's an exciting story. That's an exciting story. Let's have a drink. Okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, okay, Nick, we have our drinks. We have our drinks. We have a drink. The foxes have their drinks. The foxes have their drinks. The birdies have their drinks. John's going state evidence. He's turning on his criminal ways and mm, bad man. He Is gives he? No. great detail <laughs> right. about he and Thrower had known each other for over 30 years. They had embarked on a range of criminal skullduggery throughout that period. And they had been very close friends. Their families mm. had been close friends. They'd helped each other out. When one was in prison, mm. the other would look after their wives and children and stuff, and vice versa. That's crime things. family. So, exactly. A good crime family, but now it's every man from himself. Mm. Now, he states... That in March of 1792, so this is just prior to the murders, Edmund Thrower had been released from his latest stint in prison. He had served seven years aboard a prison hulk just outside Portsmouth. Okay. So a big yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. Not fun conditions. No, no. Really gross, very, gross. very, very unpleasant. And he's been there for seven years. Not fun. I am still picturing every time I think about like the awful cramped conditions, I think of the Simpsons and Sideshow Bob going, We were little more than animals. Who used my chapstick? <laughs> Me. I don't want it. <laughs> it was much like that. It was, it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Much, it was much like that. On his return home, after his seven year stint, he had discovered that his wife had left him. Oh. And started a relationship with another man. Well, she had needs. Yeah, indeed. He, but he was determined to win his wife back. Mm-hmm, he said, mm-hmm. no, I, I love you. You're going to come back to me. Absolutely. And, but to do this, he, got, he gets himself a steady job. 
Good, good. He's, he's, went, he's, went straight. he's going yeah. down straight and narrow, absolutely. Yeah. He gets his job as a drover, taking animals to market. Nice, nice, great. Absolutely. He does this for 18 months. Mm. So, yeah, nice, consistent, not one element of criminality in any of it. Very good. But his efforts are in vain, oh. really. His wife still refuses to return. And this frustration seems to turn to real anger when he hears a rumour that a couple living in Cratfield had befriended his wife and persuaded her she is so much better off with this new chap. <gasps> oh. You really don't want to go back to Edmund. He's no good. He's a criminal. You're better off without him. It's That's good advice. Good, advice. good advice. Move on, love. Yeah, move, move on. on. Absolutely. Edmund does not take this advice oh. that his wife's been given well. So according to Head, Thrower says that he had done them a kindness in return. He's gone to their home. He finds the woman in the garden. She's closing up the shutters of the windows for, for the evening. He takes his hammer and swings Oof. at her head, cracking her skull, and then throws the body into the blackberry bush. Still in a rage, he then goes looking for the chap. Yeah. He finds him in, in, in the house, sitting in his armchair with his pipe. From behind, whack over the head. Skull disintegrates. At trial, they asked John Hill, well, why the hell didn't you come forward? Yeah. You knew this at the time. Why? And he replies, but with, with his history, with his criminal history, mm. he didn't think that anyone would believe him. It would be Edmund's word against his. Both of them have a really checkered past, mm. not a good reputation. Who was going to believe him? I'll just keep my mouth shut. I mean, I guess honour amongst thieves. Yeah. But, but... Okay. So let's go with it. And he says, "Well, eventually, after after a number of years or so, he he puts it to the back of his mind, and he forgets all about it mm. until his encounter with John Saunders in the cell, as they are they yeah they're discussing crimes and what they're in for, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And John and Head hatches this plan of mm. I can get out if I I can use this." This stuff that happened years ago. Yeah. And, and then he does his civic duty and reports what he knows to the magistrate, sort of via John Saunders. No, oh, okay. Thrower, on the other hand, paints himself as entirely the innocent. Mm-hmm. He has been caught up in the crimes of others. It was nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing in the slightest. In his account, he, he is on his way home after visiting his father-in-law. And he is overtaken by John Head and Gypsy Will. The, the pair of them, they offer him a donkey and ten pounds to go with them <laughs> to go with them to Cratfield. Come to us to the village of Cratfield. The donkey and ten pounds. Donkey that's, and ten pounds. So that's, I mean, that's a, as, that's a tempting offer. Absolutely, that's a, that's a lot of money. Ten yeah. pounds is a lot of money. Donkey. Ten pounds a lot of money. Yeah, and buy, a nice donkey. Buy many donkeys yeah. for ten pounds. So, so he goes, it's, I mean, it's miles in the wrong direction, but... 10 pounds and he he agrees to go mm. they reach cratfield somewhere between eight and nine and edmund's still really none the wise as to why he's there apparently mm. he's he's just agreed to go for the money <laughs> uh, perhaps he thought oh, okay i'm gonna be some muscle or something there's some caper going on oh okay apparently i have to go with him okay fine they get to the carter's home edmund is told to wait at the gate just wait there look out let yes, us know if okay. anyone, anyone's coming. John and Will go into the garden. Edmund sees a young girl come out of the house and close up the shutters, ready for the evening, and yeah. watches as John smashes her oh, skull in God. and chucks her into the blackberry bush. He then sees Will go into the house, mm-hmm. presumably to kill Thomas Carter. Yeah. Afterwards, apparently, they're all now back on the yeah, back on the road. Edmund's going. What the fuck has just happened? <laughs> um, I think and we we're going for a nice cycle. Well, and John Hale says they should go for a drink. That's all. Let's go around the pub. There's a lovely pub, the White Horse, what the White Horse at Laxfield. Let's go down there, have a nice drink. Mm. Edmund doesn't really want to do this apparently, mm. but the others insist. No, come. You're not getting your ten pounds till you come for a pint. Absolutely, yeah. As they are walking through a field Wee. towards Laxfield, the trio bump into a man named Hogg. Oh, man named man Hog. named okay. Hog. The names get better. Yeah, absolutely. Now John Head and Gypsy Will seem to know this chap, and they are having a nice chat in the field. Edmund takes this opportunity to scarper, and he just legs it. Legs it. So <laughs> I've had enough of this. He makes his getaway and returns to his lodgings. You would do. And again, ask, well, why didn't you come forward? 
Yeah. Why didn't you say anything about this at well, the he's time? He's probably terrified. Yeah, well, exactly that. He I mean he gives the same response as John Head had. Who would have believed him? If I had told something, I would be next. Yeah, these are, these are two compelling stories mm. here. It yeah. is it's Edmund's word against John's. Mm. Um, both are career criminals. Yeah, neither has an upstanding reputation to fall fall back on. Yeah, but it is pointed out that the of the original witnesses to the crime, right? They only ever remember seeing one person. One man. Never two or three. There's only ever yeah. one man in the village. Well, but then so uh, maybe the witnesses from Cratfield, the ones that are left from 20 years ago, they mm. were all called back in the into court. Okay, do you recognise the man? Can you point him out? Yeah. Who, who you saw? Say like 19 years has passed. None of them can yeah. really identify really anyone. Guy you saw in the dark. Exactly. You saw you saw this man in the dark 20 years ago. Can you point him out? Not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They're not sure who who they've seen. The judge thinks that the evidence against John Head is rather questionable. Yes, he has been in trouble before, but he has, in the past few years, lived a very reasonable and respectable life. Mm. He swears that he's never been near Cratfield in his life at all. And what motive could he possibly have for killing Thomas and Elizabeth? True, true. What motives has John Head or Gypsy Will got for doing any of this? Nothing has been stolen. There is no money missing. There are no yeah. goods missing. Why would they have done it? Edmund Thrower, on the other hand, he knows the area well. And if the motive hadn't been robbery, then what other reason could there have been? The, the but revenge. revenge. Yeah. Absolutely. Revenge against the Carters for persuading his wife to stay away from him. Ooh. Takes the jury 35 minutes <laughs> to arrive at their verdict. Edmund Thrower is found guilty and sentenced to be hanged. Oh. All the way to the gallows. He admits to have lived a very, a very bad life, a very, mm. a very a sinful life. But he mm. has had nothing to do with the Carter's murder. Yeah, he did not do any of it. Of course, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, his execution takes place in Ipswich on the twenty third of March, eighteen twelve. But there's one final twist. <gasps> no, another, another twist. Another twist. Just after the execution of Edmund Thrower. Yeah. Magistrate Oldenshaw, dear old Oldenshaw. Oh, there he is. He is called to a house to receive a deathbed confession. A confession? Deathbed confession. Love those. From the widow of a son of Thomas Carter, the murder victim. Right, okay. So apparently he had a son son? who had left home by the time of the murders, lived his own life. his widow? His widow could not leave this world without revealing her late husband's guilty secret she says sure it was he who had arranged for his father and his sister to be murdered okay he had employed edmund thrower john head and gypsy will to do the dirty work for him but why he had done such a thing remains a mystery inheritance who can say That is the and story. That is, that, is the, oh that, is, that is the story. Well, there is of it. And what there is of, of it. Of Thomas and Elizabeth Carter. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a good mystery. Uh, yeah, that was a mystery. I have strong feelings about this. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. The last twist is interesting. Mm. The last twist of the... The widow dobbing in her husband. He's dead. Husband's dead. So Apparently she's saying that has... he arranged it. Yeah, absolutely. So what would she gain from saying that on a deathbed? Guilt. Apparently, she's her husband has imparted that's what this I mean. secret. Yeah, um, he did this dreadful, dreadful, terrible thing. Yeah, and she's the only one who knows about it, and he's dead now. Yeah, what does it? What does it matter? She's going to die any second if she needs to get this off her chest and say this is the truth. This is this is what actually. So happened. maybe did the son then benefit from the so, father's yeah, so essentially, death? Yeah. So assuming the, the daughter or had a grudge or something like yeah, that. The the wife obviously wasn't around yeah. at that point she had predeceased as she had know. predeceased yeah yeah <laughs> um, she had pre-died pre-died she had pre-died she was pre-dead at the time so with thomas and the, his sister mm. out of the way did he then inherit everything did the son yeah well, we don't know we don't know the son's name mm. did the son inherit everything did he inherit or did he have beef at the same did time he did he did he feel resentful yeah. or something like that absolutely um possibly because it's a strange thing for the wife to confess the husband's crime yeah 
because normally deathbed confessions if they are false it's about like oh i'd like some notoriety before i go she, she could be seeking that so that's a bit of a spanner in the works that's yeah. interesting but that's never come up before because you would think if the chaps had been hired by him they would say they would have said they would have said they would have said they, they would have sold him down the road and if he was dead or like well how afraid were they of him so well let's put let's put a pin in that put a pin in it that. could be it could be nonsense it could be nonsense oh the two factions though so john head yeah edward thrower John had Gypsy Well one side. I know anyone one saw other. one guy. They yep. could have seen any single combination of three. Absolutely, men. yeah. Yeah, if you see what I mean. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know. I think I believe Edward. That Edward didn't do it. Yeah. That he he was he was dragged along. Yeah. Because it's such okay. a weird story for him to tell. For him to go. It is. It's a very strange defense to go. I was then made to keep lookout while these people did this. It, it, it's a strange story. But then they're trying to pit it all on him. They're trying to pit it all on him. Why? Because they... Well, they this is the thing. John Head has been in jail with Sa- Saunders, is it? Yes, yes. So he was the chap. So Sa- Saunders just seemed to be a happy... Coincidence. Coincidence. It was just a really good method of getting this information but out. as soon as he's hanged... He's he's not around to confirm any exactly, of this. Exactly, yeah. Then John Head starts confessing. Yeah. And he, he gives his confession. And then years later, he also gives his confession mm. again. Like, oh, I know who did this. Mm. It just seemed very convenient to me. It seems mm. very convenient that he's trying to set this up. I mean, it's very well planned and very well thought through if, he, if he's trying to, yeah. Yeah, to use Saunders as that sort of... I was told this by someone else. Yeah. Um, so Who knows? Is, because he may have cunning. been in there for death or something. Like that, trying to negotiate. At the same time, it's like, well, why would you? Why would you implicate someone? Oh, it's oh, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because in theory, he could have kept his mouth shut. If John, yes. If yeah, if if John Head, he was in Norwich jail. Yeah. Pres- presumably, he wasn't in there for a capital case. No, he's, no he's he not. Out. It was not said that it, he he was. Yeah. If he had just kept his mouth shut. And not said anything about the Carter's murder, mm. then he would have been entirely forgotten about, as it had been for the past eight years. It wouldn't have come back if he hadn't mm. told the magistrate about it. The magistrate wouldn't be any the wiser. But that's what makes me think that he may be guilty so in a very had, kind of haha reverse psychology yeah, kind of he way. He had to have a really good reason to bring to use that as a bargaining chip to either get yeah get out or something to put his to, name in the consciousness. But, but his name is well that's that, yeah that's why i think he was trying to use some version of reverse psychology of going someone was threatening to expose yeah. him or that he thought i know i'll implicate someone else and go i know some stuff it definitely wasn't me yeah. it's a kind of a stupid way of doing things which we've seen with criminals before where they right. go they are compelled to go you know what that crime wasn't me but i know someone who did it it's like mm. You did it. Stop talking. <laughs> Just sit down and don't say a thing. But then the guilt and the paranoia gets to you. So maybe that was the case. Maybe. Or Edward did it. But why? What was the motive for killing these two? Is it just the jealousy? Yeah. Well, I mean, is it if, if it's John Head's story to believe, then it's the yeah the revenge for the for the what the whole wife thing. I mean, again, according That's to very the things extreme. I read, the, the 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 wife was never brought as a witness or anything like that. Again, yeah. say everything I've read is based on one source. Yeah. Uh, so perhaps she was, and it just wasn't referenced in the source. Who knows? But but if she if, like, if she'd remarried, he'd spent eighteen months trying to win her back and going yeah. straight and hoping that he they get married. I suppose there are cases where people get so fixated that this, these people sure. ruined it for me. Yeah. But ooh ooh, mm. it's a thinker, but isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, good, it's it's a good, th- good little mystery. It is a good little mystery. I like that one. Mm. I like it I'm glad. well what do you think people it is a thinker whose story do you believe through this and what motivations do you think that any of the players in this tale might have had to accuse each other or to kill the victims mm-hmm. tell us what you think jump on the comments of this episode tell us your thoughts your theories your musings is there anything we might have missed are you from the area do you know what maybe might have gone down <laughs> were some pigs involved but most importantly while musing about what could have gone down in this mystery you must mix up and a special day a special day a special day a special day change the name yeah but also the drink what did you think in the I, end I quite liked it perfectly pleasant perfectly perfectly pleasant not world beating not world beating but no a nice summery mm. fruity drink autumnal mate autumnal autumnal tis the season tis the season for autumn 
if you are into your blackberries this is a lovely one to mix up and it'll get you there because it's quite strong actually if you didn't realize this mm, yes 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 mix up an special day or send us through your alternative name suggestions for this one but also tag us in any pictures of cocktails you are enjoying this weekend or your visits to cocktail bars with new recipes that you'd like to suggest make sure you're sending us more stories that we can be covering in the future feel free to keep messaging us about particular ones that you are desperate to hear big ones famous ones small tiny 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 ones we'll get around to them eventually if you haven't already please leave us a review on apple itunes and if you are able to please join us on patreon particularly while we're having a little little autumnal break because we'll be having some really interesting content going out there and it's always a fun welcoming place Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you very soon. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Poisoner's Cabinet.